you, Ashley. Oh, beautiful. The, um, I had a, a swing across my newsfeed a couple of times this week, an article which I'll have to admit I did not read. I only read the headline. Uh, but it was talking about how science is now studying um, music and uh, finding that music has the potential to help support our healing. And so Unity has known this for a long time. Uh, and we have our own songs, joy songs for healing. And uh, every Sunday uh, at 11 o'clock when I'm not here when service begins, it's because I'm down with the kids in their opening circle. And the YOU help lead us in a joy song. And so one of the joy songs that they help lead us in is one of these healing joy songs. So I'm going to put Greg on the spot and invite Kimberly up as well. And they're going to come up and they're going to help us to sing our joy song. And so I'm going to invite um, Laverne to put the words up, every little cell. And I'm going to invite all of you to stand up, right? Because we got to get the energy moving, right? Yeah, of course, the hand motions and everything. And we're going to, so it's just hand clapping, right? And then at one point, we're going to go like this, and you'll see when. And we're going to sing it through three times, all right? Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. Faster. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. Really fast. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. Every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body is well. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. I'm so glad every little cell in my body is happy and well. Woo! Thank you. Thank you. Don't you feel better? I'm out of breath now. <laughs> so, how many of you over the past, I don't know, few months have experienced the crud going around? Right? A cold or the flu or something. So, uh, uh, it hit me for about a day and a half on our vacation. When we were in Hawaii, I spent a day in bed. And I don't know about you, but when that crud hit, like the last thing I'm thinking is, every little cell in my body is happy. Every little cell in my body. Instead, I am thinking, ugh, I am never going to feel better again. Anybody feel that way when you get the crud? Yeah. So he, we are here today to talk about Jesus as the healer and to talk about that healing energy that we all have within us. And the word heal has its roots in the word whole. And this is what true healing is about. It's about coming into an alignment with and an understanding that I am right here, right now, whole. One with that divine mind, that divine power and presence of all that is. And so, in this moment... 
while there's somewhere in me that knows that, I can forget that as I'm going through and experiencing the effects of whatever it is that's impacting my body. And what I know is that our body is designed for healing. Our body is designed for wholeness. Because when I'm laying in that bed thinking I will never feel better again, I get better. And here at Unity, we talk about the power of the Word. Watch what you're thinking. Watch what you're saying. Right? And yet our body can overcome all of those thoughts of I'll never feel better again and heal itself. That is a miracle, don't you think? I can cut my finger and I can watch it clot up and I can watch it before my very eyes healing over the next days. This is the miracle, the power of our body that I believe Jesus just knew and saw and called forth from within us. So there is a couple of scriptures that I wanted to share with you of his healing stories. One comes from the Gospel of Matthew. And you might recognize the story. It's one where a woman who has been bleeding for 12 years comes to Jesus for healing. Now, what you have to understand is in the culture of that time, if a woman was bleeding, she would not be out in public, let alone going to touch somebody, right? Because from that Jewish perspective, that woman was unclean. And to touch another person while unclean meant that you were now making them unclean. And here was this woman who for 12 years has worked at healing herself, has not healed. Imagine not being able to be touched for 12 years because of this uh, situation that was going on in her body. And she decides that she's heard about this Jesus who can heal, and so I'm going to go and I'm going to find healing from him by touching the hem of his garment. And Jesus, as he's walking through the crowd, suddenly feels that something has happened. And says, you know, who, who is that? Who touched me? And the disciples say, well, all these people are crowding in on you. We don't know who touched you. And then it comes to his attention that it was this woman. This woman who has been bleeding, this woman who was considered unclean, touched him. And in the touching of the hem of his garment, was made well. And what she, he tells her is, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you well. So what I get from that story is, number one, we have to question what the world out there tells us. The world out there told this woman and told the people of that day that if somebody who was unclean touched you, you too would be unclean. And here is a story where someone who was considered unclean touched and and became clean from that Christ presence within. Here's, here's an example. If you need something, anything, if you are feeling less than in any moment, the first place that we are invited to turn is to that Christ presence that is within us. Reach out. Ask for help. Ask for healing. And do so in faith. So faith in unity, as you'll recall, is our perceiving power of our mind. It's the thoughts that we hold. It's that every little cell in my body is happy idea, right? Where is my faith? What am I thinking of? 
Oh, I feel like crap and I'll never get back up. Where's my faith? Right? So we're invited in our faith to return our mind to that Christ presence within, to remember that truth of wholeness that we are. The second story that I want to share with you comes in all three Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And this is one where there is a man who has not walked for years. And his friends bring him to Jesus, but the crowds, again, are so um, crowding in on him that they can't walk this man on his stretcher to Jesus. And so, anybody remember what they decide to do? They lowered him through the roof, right? They lowered him through the roof. Now, in this case, Jesus does a very interesting thing. He tells this man, your sins are forgiven. Now, think about it, right? You're here to see this healer because you can't walk. And what you're told is, your sins are forgiven. What might go through your mind in that moment? So what? I want to walk, <laughs> right? So let's look at what sin is. Okay, we don't talk about sin a lot in unity, so I'd like to be able to put something out there about it. So what is sin? Do we believe in sin? Is sin something we need to think about? So sin, going back to, again, the original meaning in the Greek, it was a hunting term that meant to miss the mark. So a sin in unity is nothing more than missing the mark. Missing the mark of who we are in truth. Missing the mark. So what are we in truth? Ah, thank you. Somebody knows? Who was that? Who shouted that out? Yes, Jesse. Right, we're whole. That's the truth of what we are. We're whole. And so anytime that we think that we are less than whole, we are missing the mark. And in unity speak, in that time, we are sinning. We've missed the mark of who we are. And so Jesus is saying to this man, your sins are forgiven. Those thoughts that you've been holding, that you are less than whole, less than holy, they're forgiven. Realize the truth of who you are. And so from these two stories, what I get from that is where we have our power is to become aware of the thoughts that we're holding in our mind that are creating circumstances in our lives that are less than whole that are creating dis-ease and disharmony, not only in our bodies, but in our relationships, in the way that we are with one another in this world, in the actions that we take. And so healing is about the wholeness of recognizing where am I not aligned in truth. So those of you that have been in unity for a while know that unity arose out of healing. And there's a lot of new people here, so I'm going to share our powerful healing story because it's such a, an example of that idea. I've got to change my thoughts. I've got to come back into a place of wholeness. And so where Unity's story begins is actually with Myrtle Fillmore. Myrtle Fillmore, who all her life had been told that she was different, who forgot in all of that that she was whole and complete and holy and instead began to believe that her body was less than, was sickly, was, she was never going to be strong. And, and she believed it. She knew no better. And so when she was in her early 40s, 
She began to experience such physical symptoms that the doctor said she had six months left to live. And at that time, there were these metaphysical teachers that would travel around the country and they would give these metaphysical talks. And Charles and Myrtle Fillmore were always very interested in spiritual things. And so they attended these metaphysical talks and they went to one by a metaphysician by the name of E.B. Weeks. And in that lecture, what Myrtle Fillmore heard was, if you know it, say it, you are a child of God and as such you do not inherit sickness. You are a child of God, and as such, you do not inherit sickness. You are whole, you are holy, you are complete, right? And so Myrtle Fillmore heard those words for the first time in her life, somebody telling her that she was not sickly, but that instead, as a child of God, she was whole and holy, and she began to let that idea work on her in her consciousness. But she went even further. And she began daily to take time to bless every cell, every atom of her body. And I want to read to you in Myrtle's own words what she did. I told the life in my liver that it was not torpid or inert, but full of vigor and energy. I told the life in my stomach that it was not weak or inefficient. But energetic, strong, and intelligent. I told the life in my abdomen that it was no longer infested with ignorant ideas of disease put there by myself and by doctors, but that it was all alive with the sweet, pure, wholesome energy of God. I told the limbs that they were active and strong, and I told my eyes that they did not see of themselves, but that they expressed the sight of spirit, and that they were drawing on an unlimited source. I told them that they were young eyes, clear, bright eyes, because the light of God shone through them. I told my heart that the pure love of Jesus Christ flowed in and through its beating and that all the world felt its joyous pulsation. I went to all of the life centers in my body and spoke words of truth to them, words of strength and of power. I asked their forgiveness for the foolish, ignorant course that I had pursued in the past. When I had condemned them and called them weak, inefficient, and diseased, I did not become discouraged at their being slow to wake up. Anybody remember how long did it take for Myrtle Fillmore to experience that full healing? Two years. Two years. I did not become discouraged at their being slow to wake up. How many of us, in our desire for healing, for wholeness, for uh, wonderful relationships, for creative work, all of the many ways that we are called forth to express our wholeness, how many of us give up because we don't see what we think we'd like to see fast enough? Right? We live in a world that's about instantaneous results. I've been doing this affirmation for a week, and nothing's happening. Must not work. I did not become discouraged at their being slow to wake up. But I kept right on, both silently and aloud, declaring words of truth until the organs responded. And neither did I forget to tell them that they were free, unlimited spirit, 
I told them that they were no longer in bondage to carnal minds, that they were not corruptible flesh, but centers of life and energy omnipresent. Then I asked the Father to forgive me. I got to Jesus' name. My sins have been forgiven. I asked the Father to forgive me for taking His life into my body and using it so wastefully. I promised I would never, never again retard the free flow of that life through my mind and my body by any false word or thought, but that I would always bless it and encourage it with true thoughts and words in its wise work of building up my body temple, that I would use all diligence and wisdom in telling it just what I wanted it to do. For two years, Myrtle Fillmore worked with these ideas, worked at blessing every cell in her body, worked on asking those cells and those organs for forgiveness, for thinking that they were less than whole and holy. And after two years, after being given six months to live, Myrtle Fillmore went on to live for another 43 years. This is how unity began, with that healing miracle. And this is what Fillmore's work were all about, reminding us that we have this power and this potential to do this in ourselves, that we have the power to heal ourselves, and that that power comes when we remember the truth and move out of the error of sin, missing the mark, forgetting who we are, and instead step fully into the truth. I am whole and holy. The very life and energy of God moves through me. Every little cell in my body is happy and healthy and whole. We can all do it. But this is what we do. We get caught up in what is showing up on the outside. We get caught up in our idea of what it ought to look like to be healed. We get caught up in this temporal, relative body that we have that is here for a moment and then is going to be gone. We get so caught up in that that when it doesn't respond the way that we think it ought to respond, what do we do but go right into the thoughts of, there's something wrong. This isn't working Look at my body. It is still not healed. And we then, in that moment, move from the truth. We are whole and holy and complete right here, right now. Back to the error of, oh, look, I guess I'm not. And in that process, we forget again who God calls us to be. I did a, um, I'm doing a course actually all year, once a quarter for three weeks on healing and wholeness. And our first quarter class was all around the idea of healing versus cure. Our medical science is focused on curing. You have a symptom, here's what you need to do to get rid of that symptom. Right? And that curing of that symptom may not ever heal. Because the underlying cause that created that symptom to begin with is still likely in place. If I haven't changed my mind, changed my thoughts, come into an awareness and an alignment of who I am in truth, has a healing really occurred? If my body is well but I still don't have peace of mind, if I'm going around afraid of dying, 
Am I really healed? And can, we talked about this too, can healing take place even as my body does not show it? Can healing take place without the outer cure happening? Can I know in this moment that I am whole even when my body is not demonstrating what I think it ought to look like in that wholeness? And if I can give myself over completely to that thought and give no further thought to what I think is wrong with my body, but simply bless it and love it and accept it just as it is, will that not lead to healing no matter what is occurring on the outside? And sometimes it does occur on the outside if we keep working it like Myrtle did, and sometimes it doesn't. And we're left, right, as humanity to reconcile those two. A very sweet member of this community who had cancer and was in remission when I first met her. And she was a true student like you could not believe. She grew up in Unity. She attended YOU as a, as a young person, and, and she was now, I think, maybe early 60s. So she knew these Unity teachings. She believed in these Unity teachings. And then the cancer returned after it had been in remission for a while. And I still remember her coming to me and saying, what am I doing wrong? And here, that in that very question, what am I doing wrong? We have simply moved out of the truth of who we are. And I have to say, what if you're not doing anything wrong? What if you're just asking the wrong question? What if rather than asking, what am I doing wrong, I simply ask the question, what am I here to learn? What am I here to grow through? What am I here to, to understand more deeply? Because then the healing can take place no matter what is happening with the body. And we have this idea in our world that to die, that death, is some kind of a failure. If I'm praying for healing and I die, then what does that say about me and my relationship with the divine and what I've done wrong? And I must have failed. Does anybody recognize that? So I think we need to just like throw up in the air all of our ideas about what healing really looks like. What that experience is really like for us. And to remember the words of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. So stop thinking that you are less than, that you are unworthy, that if your body is showing up with signs of dis-ease, that there's something wrong with you, and instead realign your thoughts, your words, and your actions to the truth. I am whole and holy, one with God, and every little cell in my body is happy, and every little cell in my body is well. To realize that faith is continuing to bring your attention back to these ideas and to let go of how you think that ought to show up. Healing happens all the time. Someone on their deathbed can experience true healing. Somebody fully alive whose body looks fine could be anything less than whole. So we need to shake up what we think healing is. And instead, again, just come back to the truth. I am whole 
I am whole, and that same Christ spirit that was in Jesus is in me. I am whole, and that same Christ spirit that was in Jesus is in me. Will you say that? I am whole, and that same Christ spirit that was in Jesus was in me, is in me. Exactly. That's it. That's it. Songs help. Joy songs help. I hope you, as you walk away today, that, that little ditty is going through your mind. Every little cell in my body is happy, but I got another one. I thought, let's do, let's do two, two joy songs. So we're going to also sing, I am the radiant life of God. So I'm going to leave you in this one. It's very simple. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. The life of God, the strength of God, the big vigor and vim of God. I am the strength of Oh, I see what happens. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, the vitality of God, vitality, vigor, and vim of God, the health of God. Okay, let's start again. I, right? This is what happens when I come in and give uh, Laverne these words, like, right before and say, this will work, no problem. All right, I'm going to sing it through, and then you'll see the words, right? I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. The health of God, the strength of God, vitality, vigor, and vim of God. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. That's it. Let's do it again. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. The health of God, the strength of God, vitality, vigor, and vim of God. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. That's it. Give no attention to anything less than that. And experience your healing. Right? So we're going to practice this. I saw this great little video going around. I'm going to probably show it here one day, but it's going around Facebook. This little boy who talks about what we practice. The reason why we practice things is to get better at things. And it's the, the, the sweetest little video. So the reason why we practice is so that we get better. Get better and better and better. Right? So I know I need to keep getting better. I'm trusting all of you do too. So we practice every week. And so our practice for this week is to consider how you might expand your understanding of healing to include healing of error, thoughts, and consciousness that separate us from the reality of our oneness with God. Healing is wholeness. Healing is oneness. So if we want to experience healing, all we have to do is become aware of every idea that we're holding that keeps us out of alignment with that truth. And to become willing to let go of those thoughts. Thoughts of separation, duality, judgment, hardened hearts, anger, shame, etc. Science is showing us that when we hold on to these thoughts, there are so many chemical reactions happening in our brain that causes high blood pressure, that causes high cholesterol, that causes heart disease, fibromyalgia. The list goes on and on. Depression, anxiety, all of these things that impact our physical health. Can we let those things go and instead claim the truth? What parts of yourself have you cast out, considered unworthy, blamed, or condemned? Claim your true Christ nature. Tell these thoughts to go. And ask the Christ within to lift you up 
into thoughts of truth. Reach out to the Christ and allow the Christ to be that which heals you, that makes you clean, that cleans out every error thought that you might be holding. That same Christ spirit that was in Jesus is in you now. Open yourself up and be healed. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. The life of God, the strength of God, vitality bigger and dim of God. I am the radiant life of God. I am, I am, I am. Yeah. Be that. God bless.